are now listening to the podcast 82488. Where the dark brown tide receded, the slate came. It was indescribable as the dress beside him. The color of hours of a long human day, blue like misery, blue for the shy away from happiness. If I could touch that shade, everything would be all right forever. And that was a selection from today's novel, I'd Die For You, and Other Lost Stories, by author F. Scott Fitzgerald. Page 8. He turned a few pages and then groaned again. Here I am with the children, dancing with them. I spend all day with them, and we dance. We don't even do a decent shimmy. We do some aesthetic business. I can't dance. I hate children. But no sooner do I die than I become a cross between a nurse girl and a chorus man. Here now, I venture reproachfully. That has been considered a very beautiful passage. See, it describes your clothes. You are dressed in, let's see, well, a sort of filmy garment. It streams out behind you. A sort of floating undergarment, he said morosely. And I've got leaves all over my head. I had to admit it. Leaves were implied. Still, I suggested, think how much worse it could have been. He could have made you really ridiculous if he'd had you answering questions about the number on your grandfather's watch or the $3.80 you owed as a poker debt. There was a pause. Funny egg, my uncle, he said thoughtfully. I think he's a little mad. Not at all, I assured him. I have dealt with authors all of my life, and he's quite the sanest one with whom we've ever dealt. He never tried to borrow money from us. He never asked us to fire our advertising department, and he's never assured us that all his friends were unable to get copies of his book in Boston, Massachusetts. Nevertheless, I'm going to take his astral body for an awful meeting. Is that all you're going to do? I demanded anxiously. You're not going to appear under your true name and spoil the sale of his book, are you? What? Surely you wouldn't do that. Think of the disappointment you'd cause. You'd make 500,000 people miserable. All women, he said morosely. They like to be miserable. Think of my girl, the girl I was engaged to. How do you think she felt about my flowery course since I left her? Do you think she's been approving my dancing around with a lot of children all over page 221, undraped? I was in despair. I must know the worst at once. What, what are you going to do? Do, he exclaimed wildly. 
have my uncle sent to penitentiary along with his publisher and his press agent and the whole crew down to the merest printer's devil who carried the blasted type. Page 24. He was a tall young man of about 30 with pleasant mind and manner the rather harassed face of one who bore heavy responsibilities. Dr. Vincentelli, he said, I understand that Professor Schaefer is away. Come in, Mr. Woods. I'm very happy to meet you. I'm sorry the professor's gone, but since I've occupied myself particularly with your brothers, I hope I'll be a satisfactory substitute. In fact, Peter Woods collapsed suddenly into the armchair beside the desk. I haven't come about my brothers, Dr. Vincentelli. I've come about myself. Dr. Vincentelli gave a start and turned quickly to Kay. That will be all, Miss Schaefer, he said. I will talk to Mr. Woods. Only then did Peter Woods notice that there was another person in the room, and seeing that a pretty girl had heard his avowal, he winced. Meanwhile, Kay was studying him. Certainly he was the most attractive-looking man she had met since leaving medical school, but she was examining more carefully the flexing of his hands, the muscles of his face, the set of his mouth, searching for the tension, which, in its medical sense, is one of the danger signs of mental troubles. I will see Mr. Woods alone, repeated Dr. Vincentelli. Very well. When she had left the room, Vincentelli, his features sympathetically composed, sank back into Professor Schaefer's armchair and folded his hands. Now, Mr. Woods, let me hear about it. The young man drew a long breath. Then he too sat back in his arm, concentrating. As you may know, I'm the youngest member of the firm, he began. Perhaps because of that, I am less inclined to worry than my brothers. But frankly, the stock market crash didn't bother me much. We were so rich in 1929, I didn't think anybody ought to be as rich as we were. As things got worse, I felt like hell about it, but still I didn't feel like my brothers did. And when they collapsed, one by one, I couldn't understand it. It didn't seem justified by the circumstances. Go on, go on, said Dr. Vincentelli. I understand. What bothered me personally was not the hard times. It was my brothers. Ever since Walter broke down a year ago, I've lived with the idea that there was hereditary mental trouble in the family, and it might hit me. That was all until last week. He drew a long breath. I came home from work last Friday to the penthouse where I live alone at 85th Street. I'd been working very hard. I'd been up all. Page 
If I could touch that shade, everything would be alright forever. And the end. I'd die for you in other lost stories. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Throughout the flight of literature, you will find a story that touches your soul. Please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488.com. That's numbers 824, the word 80.